Hi, welcome to the Sweaty Palms podcast. Sweaty Palms is a Belgium-based music platform that urges their community to discover and share new music and ideas from which relationships can be built. In our podcast, we'd like to dive into the minds of people we think have a huge influence on their scenes and surroundings, ranging from artists and promoters, passionate diggers, road creatives, and your average Joes. I'm your host, Eunice, an Android-based music producer, graphic designer, and apparently a podcast host. In this episode, we sit down with Belgium-based, Kosovo-born Rita Yashari, one of the most prominent figures in the Brussels cultural scene. She's one of the founders of Saint-Cat Collective, programmer at Vaat Kapoen, which is a concert hall and community space in Molenbeek, Brussels, a DJ, kiosk radio resident, and a music lover all around. Her stories about Outlook Festival, sound system culture, and inequality in the music industry and beyond gave me an interesting new perspective that we can't wait to share with you. Make yourself comfortable and enjoy the second episode of the Sweaty Pounds podcast. Rita, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for being here all the way from Brussels. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. Thanks for the invitation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Could you uh, tell us a bit about yourself for the people who don't know you? Who is Rita? Where uh, did you start? How do you get here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm um, 31 now. I was actually born in Kosovo and I came here when I was three years old because mm-hmm. my parents left before the situation uh, became complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I moved a bit around uh, Belgium, different cities, until I arrived in Brussels when I was 12. And then actually, um, now most people know me as a DJ um, uh, promoter for uh, VK, Mm -hmm. which is a concert venue in Molenbeek in Brussels. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I did a lot of different musical projects. so, but I think we will talk about that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I want to delve into your uh, to your roots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you were born in Kosovo. Um, have you been back since then? Uh, and, and has has your roots influenced your uh, taste in music a lot? Because I imagine uh, me myself, I'm I have a very diverse um, background. I'm, I'm quarter Iraqi and uh, African and, and Belgian, so I have a lot of different musical uh, influences that I heard at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm wondering if that was the same for you or. Well, for your first question, I go back a lot because uh, the biggest part of my family is still living there, so I okay. I go back twice a year mm-hmm. mostly, and I travel. I'm, yeah, I'm Kosovar, but I feel Albanian, so I travel around Albania a lot. But okay. I mean, I'm not going to explain that history now <laughs> because it's complicated. Okay. But um, I think it influenced me a lot and um, a lot also the last years while traveling there because I really discovered tradi- the traditional local music, which is very diverse because we were colonized by the Ottoman Empire for 500 years. Mm-hmm. Um, our language is a Indo-European language with Sanskrit base. So also in our music, you have a lot of different influences and you can just feel that it's a place where people were from different parts of the world were coming into Europe because it's really like uh, Southern Europe, but mm-hmm. also between East and West. So there was a lot of movement there. And yeah, I mean, when you travel in villages, there's a, a big uh, polyphony mm-hmm. culture of singing. And actually, we really kept our culture orally through songs and poetry and mm-hmm. all these kind of things. Uh, so yes, I think it influenced me, but there's a lot of other things that yeah, also yeah. influenced me. What I, what I think is interesting in what you said is how um, the, the music in Kosovo is so very broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that also something that you do in your DJ sets, uh, perhaps? Or Yes, I mean, the last years I've been mixing much more in clubs, so mm-hmm. it's it goes in a certain direction, but then I collect uh, records since I'm 15, and in my record collection, my record collection is very, very broad, mm-hmm. and I really fight for that, and mm-hmm. I really push myself to continue... Um, discovering music in all different fields and from very commercial to mm-hmm. very niche very experimental music that's really something that i uh, that i find important for my ear because the more i listen to different things the less i judge and the more i understand why music is made in a certain way and what kind mm-hmm. of what it reflects actually okay cool uh, i want to delve back into the past a little bit mm-hmm. you said you started uh, collecting records at your when you were 15 mm-hmm. um what was the the first 
maybe not record or but, but more like what was the first thing that um got you interested in 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 the collecting bit because i imagine for a lot of people who like listening to music a lot of them don't go on and collecting records so what, what was the the difference for you that you were like oh, i really want to start collecting stuff mm. Actually, I arrived at a high school in Brussels. Like it's called Maria Boodschap, and mm -hmm. it's in the Donsert mm -hmm. um, area. And um, I was really in school with all these kids from Flemish artists who were living in that area. And so we had one friend, DJ Phonetics. He's not mixing so much anymore, but mm -hmm. he was one of the. He was getting like Zakhild. How do you say it? Um, allowance. Yeah, allowance every week, every month from his parents to buy records because okay. he loved music, and so. His house was really near our, our school and we would always go and hang there and listen to the records. And actually, he really got us all into digging and, and, and buying records mm -hmm. and mixing and scratching and all these <laughs> kind of things. So um, that really motivated me. And then, um, then yeah, my best friend and me, we started buying records together. And it was mostly hip-hop at that time. We were mm -hmm. really hip-hop heads. And um, that's how it started, yeah. Okay, and, and when you say a group of people, is it like, um, so it was all classmates uh, of yours? Yeah, some were older, some were, okay. were my age, but actually afterwards we also formed Saint-Cat Collective, okay. which became a party collective um, because we really felt this, we were very interested in, in things that were happening in England, the dubstep, a bit later than mm -hmm. the dubstep music, uh, the dubstep scene, and we were... Missing some things in the clubs in, in Brussels, we found it a bit too uh, inaccessible for a lot of people yeah. and expensive and we didn't feel at home there. Mm -hmm. um, so we really started looking for places um, where we could host our own events and we had this kind of philosophy behind behind uh, the events and, mm -hmm. and the music also, I mean, we really wanted to show a lot of different stuff. We used to do events that used to be dubstep or hip hop or mm -hmm. more funk. But then we also had events that were called Exit, for example, where we would just every 30 minutes it would be would be something different. Yeah, another music style, and it would be super clashy, but mm -hmm. it it was nice. <laughs> that's cool. I, I think uh, that's something that I miss in in current club culture as well. Um, the way where you could really feel uh, excluded from, like clubs feel very uh, highbrow a lot, mm -hmm. and I think that was a, a, in like early 2010s to 2014 or something there were a lot of parties here in Antwerp as well that uh, started spawning in in weird one-off locations where a kid like me could go to and be like oh there's other people like me who like um this drum bass artist that my other friends don't like or, or yeah, stuff yeah. like that so it's very cool to hear that that happened in Brussels as well earlier on um which I'm sure influenced a lot of people as well uh did you guys do those parties for for a long time or um I was talking yesterday with a friend and we were trying to think like I think it's our it would be our 11 wait yeah 11th or 12th anniversary now mm -hmm. and I think for for six or seven years we were really organizing a lot of stuff and also our, our community of, of people was really getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. um Because people also really liked our philosophy. Like we would never go to venues where people had to pay for the toilets. Yeah. We would always like have free toilets. The entrance would never be more than five or ten. We would really always keep everything quite yeah. democratic. And and yeah, I mean, the cool thing was that we were a big collective. So also these, we used to influence each other. You know, mm -hmm. the, the thing that you're talking about, like. Uh, liking different styles when you're a lot of people you also let your friends hear what you're listening to and you just nourish each other and i think that was really the strong thing about our collective mm -hmm. and then we also had different disciplines so a lot of people were going to art schools mm -hmm. uh, to study photography or visual arts so we would always try to add uh, also more more artistic stuff to to the events yeah okay Yeah. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> and I'm missing that now. It's true. It's Now it's again really... Um, I have the feeling that things are more closed again mm -hmm. or l less things are possible in cities. Is that also because you now work in the, the concert circuit? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm interested here how you went from giving these very broad mm -hmm. and eclectic parties to focusing on a concert hall where you do the programmation. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you started working there about two years ago, yeah, if I'm right? Yeah. Okay. Um, at, a, at a certain period in my life, like 
four or five years ago, I was really going through a tough time mentally, and I mm-hmm. was like, actually, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, uh, what, where, what's the direction that you want to go into? And and music was always the thing that I was doing next to my jobs, and and yeah. and, um, and next, and I was always working, but I never thought that it could be a professional uh, <laughs> something to pay the bread <laughs> yeah uh, and then um and then i thought okay let's just I, if it's your passion and you want to give it a try just think about what the steps would be and so i thought that the first thing that i should do was actually already work in the cultural field so mm-hmm. i started working in this um it's called bko which is a it's actually the lobby for the brussels cultural field so they have members mm-hmm. And I was working there and it really learned me a lot about how cultural politics in Brussels work because it's quite, I mean, Mm -hmm. Belgium already politically so (laughs) complicated and then Brussels is even more complicated because you have the two communities together. And I learned a lot about the the fields and the different organizations and I got to know a lot of people who worked in the organizations as well. And actually, uh, after one year and a half, two years, I was like, okay, it's interesting, but lobbying goes, it doesn't go fast enough for me. (laughs) It's really like working on on 10 year scales or or Mm -hmm. something like this. And so actually um, two two, uh, jobs in in programmation uh, were free at that time in Brussels. So Börsia Burg and just after that VK. So Mm -hmm. I I applied for both. and I didn't get Burs, and then I tried VK afterwards, and I really prepared it very well. I went to talk to a lot of people because VK was a place where I, like, all, my whole youth, I used to go to concerts there. Yeah. So for me, it was like, whoa, this would be crazy, and I'm sure it's not going to happen, but <laughs> I can try anyways. Um, and in the meantime, through the collective and through my job, just before I really met a lot of people, I, I just have a quite a big network. Yeah. And also in different music scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I got the job. <laughs> Congratulations. And I sta- thank you. <laughs> and I started there. Um, it was in a quite a difficult period because uh, the whole team changed. There were a lot of financial problems because they lost their, uh, their structural subsidies for the concert mm-hmm. hall. Um, so I arrived there also never, I never programmed live bands in, a, I yeah. mean, it's a venue for 600 people. So it's quite a big scale for me. I, I mean, organizing parties and, and nightlife is different than them. Doing concerts. Also different budgets. I mean, everything yeah. is different. So it took me some time, but now I really feel that I'm starting to see the fruits of those two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So I guess um, running, uh, being in the collective for so long and doing the parties, uh, even though it's very different from running a, a concert programmation, uh, but I'm sure it definitely had some benefit in, mm-hmm. in uh, thinking differently because, as we were talking about earlier, um, all these clubs, not all of them, but like a lot of clubs and concert halls feel, they feel like there's a threshold. And I think if you approach it with a different mentality, where it's like, we have to keep the cost low so people from the neighborhood can come mm-hmm. or, and we need to do uh, stuff like that. I, I um, During my residency in, in Tricks here in Antwerp, I uh, noticed that they want to do stuff like that as well, where they want to lower the bar so people in Burger out mm-hmm. uh, who don't always have the means to come in and, and check a show can also experience culture in a different way. Is that something that um, you also feel should be possible in, in, in a venue like that and with your experience in working uh, at different levels in, mm-hmm. in the cultural <laughs> sector uh, sector and, and political whoa <laughs> political uh, part of that um, do you feel that, that that added in into your thinking about programming I think so yeah because for me I mean I'm always I'm always very very critical mm-hmm. <laughs> and for me like just programming diversely or programming people of color on stage is really not enough mm-hmm. because we are blocked in a system where some things are much more accessible for, for privileged people. So it's it's very important to start thinking much further. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been programming diversely for how long? For a long time, and it doesn't. Ch- nothing really changes yeah. in in the public or in the way in safe sp- create, creating those safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is with VK, which I also, which for me is why I really wanted to work there, it's also a community center. So VK is, is actually uh, one of the Molenbeek community centers. 
Uh, and next to that, we are also a concert hall. So that combination of doing community work mm -hmm. and doing work with music is for me super important because also with the collective, it was something that we really found important. Mm -hmm. um, and that social, I mean, for me, music is a social, is a, a medium for social resistance and has always been. Definitely. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. And a lot of people think that music is something to party on. <laughs> and to forget but actually uh, for me music really comes out of suffering resistance uh, power taking power in your own hands and and creating um, I mean for me it's like church <laughs> in a way uh, but then with this with this social engagement um, of, of of just bringing people together and also creating moments where uh, things can be discussed Yeah. Or, or where, where, where things can be changed in a way. I'm very happy to hear <laughs> that uh, a programmer at a venue such as VK has that ethos in mm. mind when, when uh, working. Because but it's still, it, it remains difficult. It is difficult, but it's, it's good that you're putting up uh, the effort to do mm. it because I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to fault anyone, definitely not, but it's, it's good to have the conversation because I feel like a lot of people are more like okay i've tried but it's not working so i'll take the easy way out and just see what happens and i'm not shaming anyone mm. or any specific venue that, that, no, that no, doesn't matter but i think yeah, yeah. it's good that you keep trying to do that it's been two years and, and i'm sure you've noticed difference in in the way things happen there yeah and maybe also to come back to what we started with my roots mm -hmm. i mean i'm always very shocked because people don't see where i come from mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's i can use it as i mean it, it it's it's a thing i can play with mm -hmm. so pe a lot of people think that i'm belgian mm -hmm. and when i start discussing with them then i always tell them like it's absurd i wasn't even born here and the fourth generation is still seen as mm -hmm. is still called vreemdeling uh, or uh, a foreigner here you know so for me it's really something that shocked me at a certain Uh, age in in my life when I started thinking more about my, uh, where I come from and and and, and poli politics, um, and then what we try to do in VK to reach the neighborhood, for example, is also you have to think in different formats. I mm -hmm. mean, Western people are, are used to live culture and music mm -hmm. in certain formats and have a timetable and mm -hmm. have and be uh standing and and uh, i mean there's so much things and so we are experimenting with other kind of experiences mm -hmm. um so we do concerts where we just install um carpets and mm -hmm. we install low tables and we invite people to eat first and then we do concerts and okay. these kind of formats work much better because in a lot of cultures music is lifts other otherwise than mm -hmm. we we live it here you know mm -hmm. so it's also not just thinking that you can take over the way we we live or or experience music and that that's going to work for everyone mm -hmm. it's also th i mean yeah so only programming diversely is not really not enough for no me. true <laughs> you need to do it on several levels yeah which of course is, of course which i hear you're doing and that's trying uh, trying trying <laughs> <laughs> but that's no it's very nice to hear and i hope to see more of that in mm. in the general of flanders belgium um because exactly as you were saying music is lived and experienced in so many different ways um whereas Like the, the eating thing sounds great. I would love to come <laughs> next time uh, when it happens. Okay, I'll let you know. Thank you. <laughs> um, so beside your uh, programming, you're also uh, a very good DJ, I've heard. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I want to delve into that a bit more. So once you started collecting records, I, I guess DJing was the next logical step in, in doing that. <laughs> it was quite a challenge because I'm a very, I'm not lazy, but I'm very impatient. <laughs> so when I have to learn a new technique, like it takes quite a lot of time and then I want to give up because I'm angry that it doesn't work. So DJing was really a big challenge. And um, yeah, I mean, DJing with records is also different than the tools that we have now. So I yeah. started with records and it's not... It's not so easy, actually. It's a, it's a, it's something you really have to practice, and it took me a lot of years to really feel confident. And then I also used to be often the only girl playing, so there was this extra uh, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and then I used to make a lot of mistakes that some people don't hear. But for me, it was every time that I used to play in the beginning, I was really like super disappointed in myself. Mm -hmm. But that also motivated me to become a better DJ. So I think it was a good a good thing. And then. Uh, I started playing more in clubs the last 
three or four years, I think. And that really helps me also to technically uh, become stronger because mm -hmm. the more you practice, the, the better you become. And then now I'm really, yeah, I'm really confident and I'm, I'm happy because my job and my teaching really uh, influence each other mm -hmm. and create connections and, and they really work well together, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think uh, a good programmer is also someone who usually uh, does music at a certain mm. level, be it play in bands or, or be a DJ or producer or whatever. Mm. I think that is a, a very strong connection to uh, get to know the scene around you and yeah. also the broader sense. And I think also if you program a cool band and you really like their music you might dj it or something yeah. like that. so i think that's a very nice and uh, sometimes i get records from uh, the bands it's <laughs> a very nice plus um yeah so so you've only started djing clubs for four years or something like that yeah something like so that. before that it was mostly your own collective parties yeah or? and then friends and, and and small things like that yeah mm -hmm. yeah so uh what what made you do the shift to clubs then was it just like a natural thing that you just got booked for something or like, okay, let's try this or... I mean, if when I talk clubs, maybe I'm not really using the right terms, but more in a clubby environment. Yeah, but it can be nightlife, a festival. Yeah, guess, yeah, more nightlife. Um, because I haven't played so much clubs in, in, in Belgium, but I played a lot of venues and, 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 mm -hmm. and some festivals. But um, I don't know. No, it happened naturally. And then I think also, yeah, I... I like making people dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I listen to a lot of chill music, but I really love to make people dance. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I just like that. No, because you were, uh, the reason why I asked is uh, you said that it, playing in the club was very different for you mm -hmm. and uh, really changed the way you play. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I'm wondering why that was such a big change to what you were doing before. Hmm. Was the collective more broad and now you're more. In, in a certain line uh, playing? I don't know if I'm in a certain line, but I uh, I use a lot of things that are dance hall inspired, yeah, like rhythms and all these kind of stuff, um, but also very electronic things related to dance hall and, and, mm -hmm. and Jamaican music as a base for, for a lot of the music that I play because I just, I'm very influenced by the way they mix and, 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 and the sounds that came out of this, this sound system culture. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, it, it really came into my life at a moment where I was a bit sick of 4-4 four, four and, 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 and typical house and techno. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then for me, that was really like, wow, uh, actually, this is where a lot of things come from. But then it's also something different. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And, but I still play very broad. Um, but there is a red thread or a red yeah, line yeah. in there somewhere but i don't really yeah i don't I, I don't know how to explain it it's difficult to talk about my mixes because i do it very unconsciously i think uh -huh. um yeah i don't know <laughs> no i mean i think for a lot of people who play more i guess eclectic even though i don't really like that word but yeah. it sums it up <laughs> quite well um I, I think for a lot of them it's it's hard to specifically say why like i listen to a lot of different kinds of mm. music um and then when people are like oh so what kind of music do you make i'm like uh yeah. this <laughs> which is fine i you don't need to exactly be able to explain it mm. i think i i think i know what you mean because it's very it's very dance hall and and, and uh jamaican inspired which i think for a lot of people is visual enough to see like oh I mean, some people might just think, oh, she only plays reggae. But I think a lot of other people who know more about different genres be like, might be, oh, there might also be some dubstep in there. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. A lot of bass, a lot yeah. of UK stuff. I mean, it's it's very broad. But I also use it as a way to show people like that so much influence comes from Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Because there's... And also what I try to do in my mixes is really break this... Um, I don't believe in high and low art, basically. I mm -hmm. don't, like I told you, I listen to so much stuff, a lot of commercial stuff, and I always try to f find why it pleases me in a way, mm -hmm. like even pop music. Like, what is this thing that attracts me to this track, yeah. you know? What makes it so strong? And, um, and, and, and I really try to break in my sets also this, this um, opinion of people about dancehall that is cheesy and, yeah. and, 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 and too, sec too like, sexual. Or, because for me, it's really, our culture is so influenced by it. Yeah. And people have to stop judging it because so much things come from there. And so mm -hmm. I, in my mixes, I try to also show the music geeks like, 
stop it because mm-hmm. everything is coming from things that you are judging mm-hmm. and you're using it to again make it very elitist in a way mm-hmm. um yeah that's a bit what i what i try to do in my sets like break this these um barriers between high and low art yeah, and yeah, music yeah. and and uh, how people judge music actually i think that's very interesting because <laughs> when i uh i was like 14 um 15 maybe i listened to a lot of dubstep and stuff mm-hmm. and then bass music uh but I hated reggae and, <laughs> and everything because I felt it was so slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it, it felt slow and, and and heavy, but like not in a way that was enjoyable to me. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't listen to this. But as it's I got, boring. it was boring. But as I got older and I started seeing the links between the music that I mm. make and listen to and and DJ, I was like, oh, it makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah. And then. Um, so when I, I when I joined Curious as uh, and and Rien became mm-hmm. my booker, <laughs> and I told him I don't like uh, reggae, he was like, no, no, but you need to like. Uh, and then over the years, I, I yeah. started enjoying it more. Like I, I won't put on a reggae record myself or or a dancehall record, but mm-hmm. I understand why it's so important, and I can appreciate it for that. Mm-hmm. And I think exactly high and low art forms don't exist. It's how you perceive. Yeah what you listen to yeah and how you categorize things also i mean um it's the same with with with, with techno and mm-hmm. i mean it, with every music style you can you could talk about this you know and and i find pop music so inspiring i find pop music and the way pop is made and how it touches everyone i find mm-hmm. that so inspiring because for me music is already a medium that touches everyone mm-hmm. so with music you can really play on 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 creating emotions creating connections with every, I mean, you put on a track and people will love or hate it or don't really know. They will always have an opinion about this. And yeah. that's what I find interesting in music. Um, and yeah, I think you can also really use music to change per- mm-hmm. uh, perception. <laughs> yeah, a, v- a very interesting uh, question that I have relating to uh, perception mm-hmm. is uh, what, like, what do you think about the term guilty pleasures? Because you, you were talking about... Uh, there's no difference between high and low art, but do you think there is such a thing as a guilty pleasure? And if you would think of one, <laughs> what do you have on, say, your USB that no one would think you have, but you have on there? Uh, I mean, I believe in guilty pleasures, but I have so many that now <laughs> I like, I, I'm just like, yeah, it's just part of my discography now. Okay. Um, and. With my sister, we're preparing this mix with Albanian hits, like new pop hits from Albania, because we really also want to show they were using all these um, reggaeton and a lot of Afro pop beats mm-hmm. to, to make music and really copy sometimes everything. So I really want to also make a mix where I show a bit where the music comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of guilty pleasures in there that a lot of people won't like, I think. No, I think that's the greatest thing is when you play a set where you uh, try and, and, and teach the, the listener like, oh, this is where this and that yeah, comes from. Yeah. And then you sneak in something that they're like, huh? <laughs> and that's why, that's why I think it's a very interesting distinction between if there's no high and low art, then what makes a guilty pleasure? Yeah, guilty yeah, of pleasure? course, of course. And that's the thing. Yeah, and... and so I was really wondering what you think about that. And if you say that Guilty Pleasures has become such a part of your discography, it's even better. Yeah, yeah. I think I really, it's like the last years, I, I really, um, it, I, there's something that changed in my head. Like, because before that, yeah, I also used to be a bit like, no, too much out of tune and too much this and too much that. But then at the same time, I would play that, that song again in my headphones. And so, yeah, it, I really realized that you have we have to stop judging and i think it would create also much more interesting events or 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 musical um experiences if we would stop mm-hmm. making those distinct uh, distinctions yeah definitely definitely mm-hmm. um so you started out with a lot of hip-hop mm-hmm. back then um and i, I guess uh, saint cat collective also did a lot of hip-hop back then yeah uh and how did you from there grow into different things like um like you said dubstep and more bass music um and stuff like that because i guess around that time hip-hop was also a very uh, big thing in brussels yeah i, I generally perceive or hear from people yeah, um, yeah. i'm a bit younger but <laughs> um 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering how that grew out of there. Mm. Because now you do a lot of dancehall-inspired things, which makes sense that you did bass music yeah. before, <laughs> so that, that link is, is yeah, yeah. very clear in my head. But I'm wondering okay. where the hip-hop part plays and, and, and how, and if it still is a big thing now. or Hip-hop? Yeah. In general? Okay. Um, hmm. I think, I mean, for me, like, Lauren Hill and the Fugees were just, like, the base and then I really used to like before arriving in Brussels already I used to love R&B like mm -hmm. as a kid already I was such a <laughs> R&B lover like uh, I sent my mom basically I he I heard Maxwell on the radio and when I was I think nine or ten I sent my mom to the CD shop to get me the Maxwell album <laughs> and it was like super sexy music and she was like what is it <laughs> so I was listening to a lot of these kind of yeah uh, R&B a lot of Erika Badu D'Angelo really really young and that influenced me a lot and then hip-hop was related to that a lot of artists were working together mm -hmm. and then when i arrived in brussels yeah all my friends used to break dance and and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um yeah i mean a lot of peace hip-hop like a tribe called quest the last yeah. all the big names but then also like cannibal ox cool keith all these kind of things influenced us a lot and then um, when we when we started going out, it mm -hmm. was the drum and bass period, basically. Mm -hmm. So also drum and bass was before dubstep, actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> very important. We used to go to all the Star Wars events mm -hmm. and all these kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then dubstep started coming in. And the nice thing with dubstep is that Brussels and London and Brussels had a lot of connection, mm -hmm. Antwerp as well, actually. So mm -hmm. it was so easy to get artists from London to play here and. Mm -hmm. It was really cheap also, and everybody wanted to play. There was this really sense of community. So all these stainage events in Brussels and all mm -hmm. these kind of stuff um, really were, were, were feeding the scene. Um, yeah, and then I think when, maybe I should also talk about when, when the reggae and the, and the dub thing, because just like you, I really didn't like it before. <laughs> I, I think that might be like... What Maybe I've, the what, hormones. When yeah, what I've, what I've noticed is that um, when I was, I think when I was around 15 is when I really got into electronic music. Yeah. For that, I did not generally like music, mm. uh, which is ironic since <laughs> it's my career now. Um, but before that, so I didn't really listen to a lot of music. And then a um, friend showed me drum and bass and dubstep and I was really into that. And the faster and the louder it was, the better it was. <laughs> And now I'm at a point where I can't listen to it if it's that fast <laughs> and loud anymore, and I want more mellow things. Also, I like things that are that are cool and, and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But I, I think that's really a young thing. You need to go through the very hard and fast and super yeah, bassy yeah, yeah. things before you can appreciate the more slower and and yeah, easier things a, in life. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. life phases basically. Basically, so yeah, the hormones are definitely <laughs> a big part of that. I think. And then actually we went to Outlook Festival with friends, so in okay. 2011 and 2012. And that's when I discovered sound system culture really mm -hmm. in a live way. And then I realized, okay, hearing it on small speakers, mm -hmm. because it's also loud <laughs> and it's also bassy. And that's when you understand that the dubs, the drum and bass and the dubstep and even the hip hop mm -hmm. really comes from that and also comes from this yard culture of organizing your own stuff and doing mm -hmm. it yourself. and. Like also what I really find interesting is, is the, the power of the engineer. Mm -hmm. Like I find that super interesting how engineering becomes an art form in, in, in dub and reggae. But yeah, even today I, lis I still listen to a lot of hip hop and, and, and there's so much now. So it's mm -hmm. difficult for me to still follow all the new stuff. Sometimes I'm really late with some artists and I discover them a year or two years later, but it's okay. I mean, it's not so... so it's nothing to be ashamed of. I no, think. no, definitely not. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love. There's a lot of stuff. I love trap, but I also love like this, uh, this mellow hip hop. Mm -hmm. I still love R and B, and there's so much good stuff coming out still today. So, mm -hmm. I really try to listen to all these things, but it's not always. I don't have enough time sometimes. <laughs> no, true. Uh, did going to Outlook change the way you guys at parties here as well, or or did it like make you? be like oh we really want to have more because outlook has a very specific vibe and and like the community thing mm. is very big yeah, there yeah. Uh, especially with sound system yeah. culture and all that um i had a similar experience uh 
four years ago, I think, when I got booked to play in Romania, mm -hmm. and <laughs> this is a, it's, it's a crew in Timisoara, and they put up like this big sound system, and me and a friend went. I, I played a set, and someone before me played this dub siren that hit me in the head and I was like, whoa, what is this? How how did that smack me in the face? But it really made me, as I said, appreciate that kind of music more. But also when I came back, it influenced my DJing in a way because mm. I was like, I want people to enjoy longer sets more. So I started asking to play longer sets uh, and then building it up slower because mm. before I, I, I tried to play really, really fast. So for me, that, that changed a lot in the way that, so, and I can imagine Outlook had, might have had a similar yeah, effect yeah, on it you. Did. And then we also decided with the collective to build a sound system after, after that. Okay. <laughs> because, uh, what was also very important at our parties was that we always used to rent a good sound system and mm -hmm. we used to invest a lot of money in that. And then at a certain point, there was this crowdfunding platform in, in Brussels that's called Grow Funding. Mm -hmm. They all, only represent like these social cultural projects of, of people in Brussels. And they contacted us. Uh, they co contacted the collective and they told us like, yeah, do you, would you want to propose uh, one, of, uh, one of the first projects on the, on the platform? Cool. And we really wanted to, we, our dream was to build our own sound system. And so we, we were like, okay, let's try it. And um, so we collected money and we organized benefit parties also. Mm -hmm. And then we also asked two guys really from reggae sound systems in, in Belgium to guide us through this more technical process and to help us build it. So it's Jambasador Hi-Fi and Iron Youth. It's two uh, Flemish sound systems um, that yeah guided us in this process. And yeah, now we have sound system. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it slaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. No, that's very cool. Uh, let me think of where to go next. There's so much information to go through. Um, very interesting person. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, when you DJ, you want to educate people. And it's nice to hear that how uh, all of that grew out of sound system culture and the different um, strands that mm -hmm. come out of it. Uh, is there like right now is there something that you um or, or a collective or a group of people or someone specific that you think that is what they're doing right now is, is cool because it feels a lot like the way we we're doing it back then uh because stuff is very um what, earlier in the conversation we were talking about how the inclusivity and, and all that was um was something that you missed at the time and uh, we said that it's something that is also not as much happening right now or, or could happen more is there but i bet it is happening and i was wondering if you know of anyone that you're like oh they're doing something that is really cool in brussels or anywhere else um that does capture that spirit a little bit hmm yeah you have different oh wait let me think for a while because there i mean for me you also have to separate some things. There, mm -hmm. there is, for example, a collective that is called Bledart in Brussels. It's all, it's a fe fe feminist collective mm -hmm. basically, and their goal is really to um, to reach minorities and to also mm -hmm. show culture and music of the minorities in Brussels and to to uh, value that. And I really appreciate that because they're doing also a lot of like more debates on police violence and all these kind of things, and they're really doing a lot of good work. Um, and then with their events, they really touch a group of youngsters that you never see at parties, which mm -hmm. for me is really something very, very strong. Um, but then maybe the, I don't know, I think it's just mm, today you have to go through the institutions while, yeah. were, while we were organizing stuff, we would always find like empty empty spaces where you would do it and that feeling that's really something that i miss mm -hmm. because for me that freedom i mean i'm working in an institution <laughs> now but um it, it really gave me the sense of freedom to organize things that way and not be in, dependent on mm -hmm. on someone who tells you what your budget is or really discuss all these things with your collective and decide everything for yourself like self decide i don't know what yeah. the right term is in english but self um how um, I don't know. Self-governing. Yeah, self-governing. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's something that for me is really a bit missing today. I don't know. It's, And you still have a lot of free parties. And I really... that It's also a culture that inspires me because it's, um, it's the only 
place in nightlife that is truly free, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Or that is truly... I mean, maybe the music is not doesn't work for everyone, mm -hmm. but it's a space where people can be free and yeah. where people can come without money or, I mean, where everybody can come, whereas... Where it's more about the music as opposed to everything around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think there, there are a lot, of, a lot of people doing interesting things, but maybe we can... Maybe I have to think about it. Yeah, that's fine. I think about it a bit more. <laughs> no, I think the, the interesting thing about that is... Um, Whereas people, again, I'm not naming anyone specific because <laughs> it doesn't matter, but um, I feel that a lot of events are more about the concept mm -hmm. as opposed to the music or mm -hmm. the community around it, uh, which is why I think Sweaty Palms, again, giving me the opportunity to have this talk with you, um, two very different people, or not so different actually, because <laughs> I notice we have a lot of uh, things in common, without being... I'm not part of Sweaty Palms, but I feel part of the community mm -hmm. because I, I get the chance to do this. And that's a very nice thing. But on the other side of that, I feel that a lot of the younger kids who uh, do parties now and have to work with an institution have to be like, oh, we have this sick concept that um, is different than everything else. And then we'll book a trendy DJ yeah. that fits that and, and people will come to. Mm -hmm. And like the, the, the artwork is super sick yeah, yeah. And, and the DJ will be cool, but there's no soul. Yeah, in but it. I think you need both. I yeah. think it's good for youngsters to work in institutions and to learn how this system works because mm -hmm. we need to change and we need these youngsters to be in those leading those institutions later. But what is important to me is that these youngsters don't even realize that there's an alternative yeah you know? <laughs> if you don't realize that you have the freedom to also do things completely next to that mm -hmm. i mean for i started like that so for me it was the base and then afterwards i went to an institution and i hope that after that i can do my own thing with these both mm -hmm. with both those experiences you know so i think you need also life experiences to 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 Definitely. nourish you and to learn okay in this scene it works like and that's also why i like different music scenes because mm -hmm. You can learn so much from seeing all the scenes and you can think like in the future how you could combine all the good things from all these scenes or how you could put them together or how you can make links between all the genres as well. Um, so I think it's very important to realize that there are alternatives and that we can also just self-organize and, and mm -hmm. do things. I'm not pushing people to do illegal no, parties, no, no, no. but I mean, you can, you can really think... <laughs> Uh, you can you can really think differently, you know, mm -hmm. and it's important to also have that possibility. Yeah, I think the interesting thing here is that you started off doing more free mm. types of parties and then going into an institution. But I'm wondering how the future will look like with people who start in an institution and then possibly might go yeah. into the other route more. Yeah, yeah. I think that will be a very weird way of doing a party, <laughs> but it might be really cool and it might actually open a lot of new doors. Um Because also in, in like the, the thing that's going around now with um, in the school in Amsterdam mm -hmm. where the entire cancel yeah, uh, yeah. type thing yeah. uh, is, is also for me was a very interesting thought process because I didn't like for me, I, I've never been there. But whenever I heard about the school or, or saw things about it, it was like, oh, it's a very um, inclusive place. Mm -hmm. People always talked about it very highly. But then now the way they dealt with yeah dealt with everything yeah. and then how their entire uh work roster is is wide yeah, yeah. Like, oh that's not good because then you're <laughs> not doing the thing you actually are doing in a way you're holding yourself back yeah, yeah. Um, or it's it's um i mean it's it's a very difficult discussion because you never oh, yeah. know who the who the people behind institutions are and, and what their opinion is but for me there's definitely a problem when i look look around myself mm -hmm. In, 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 in institutions and and I don't see people of color mm -hmm. or I only see them in like uh, mediation uh, or they're only engaged to engage their community or different yeah, yeah, yeah. communities so that's really a problem you never see a lot of people in, in director or in programmation roles I mean now the last years the institutions have been engaging a lot of women which mm -hmm. for them is already like Woo, we've been doing big big <laughs> stuff um, But yeah, I think we really need to stay critical and, and realize these things. And for me, like I told you, I have this, I, I was born in another country. So mm -hmm. I also, f I don't understand how we, we arrived in this situation mm -hmm. like 
five generations or four generations later, uh, and I really see so much racism and, 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 and discrimination in this country. And I think we, it's really time that we talk about these things. And also institutions need to, even if they've done something, they need to keep yeah. uh, keep questioning what they do and keep... Uh, it's a never-ending I mean, yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even me, I'm so privileged, but I have to... I have to be aware of that and mm -hmm. I have to know what I can do with that privilege mm -hmm. um, and try to change things. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. And then online, there's this whole culture of, 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 of people posting things that mm -hmm. get interpret, interpreted, oh, interpreted. interpreted yeah. in, a, <laughs> in a way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's very important to also um, be able to go in depth Mm -hmm. about these conversations and and um and not just hate because if we no, no, hate no. and if we don't try to f go for solutions it will create even more polarity so for me it's really also about about working together to find solutions and mm -hmm. and i accept all the critique and i really think we white people need to listen to the critique mm -hmm. because they have to change mm -hmm. things um But yeah, I think we need to find the way how to go forward. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's very important, even if you're not a white person, a person of color uh, like myself, you need to reflect about um, what is going on around you. Mm -hmm. uh, because when all of this was happening and, and more clubs got involved, I got a lot of calls from people at different levels in the music industry asking about how they can change certain mm -hmm. things, which was a really good and, yeah. and helpful conversation. Um But then I also realized, and I'd never thought about it because I'm I'm only half black. Mm -hmm. um, I also have privilege yeah. because I, I <laughs> I'm I, I'm not very dark skinned, um, and that reflects in the position that people, white people, are more comfortable mm -hmm. contacting me because oh he's also a little bit Belgian, and then I feel comfortable around <laughs> that, and I don't have a lot of it's actual yeah, yeah, conversation that I've had, uh, as opposed to having DJ friends of mine who are black adopted or, or whatever um and not from here and they're like oh but they yeah, yeah of don't course. feel that and and it's that's a very uh, for me that was a very weird position to be in because i was like oh i can use this to help people and and possibly change things in the future but you don't want to be in that position you no. just you, you, you don't <laughs> want to have to do that and i can imagine that obviously i'm not a woman but i can imagine being a woman who is a dj and also a programmer uh that you have a very weird position to be in as well at sometimes i'm not sure if if you've had a lot of bad experiences with that well i think sometimes i wonder like do people ask me because i'm a woman do people ask me mm -hmm. but i think i just have to sometimes not think about that and yeah. use these things also like you said to really make change and in the end it doesn't matter because i know even if i'm a woman that i really have this Mm -hmm. that I'm at the same level as a man in the music industry and that's something that I really it's this also just like I told you with the DJing it's, mm -hmm. it's something that I got I got more sure of myself and mm -hmm. then I know why I'm at, why I'm doing what I'm doing today and and it's it's legit you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't doubt your skills uh, <laughs> <laughs> this conversation has only proof that you know a lot and that I'm thank uh, you yeah. um, but um, yeah I mean I It, it can be like micro stuff, it mm -hmm. can be bigger stuff, but you feel in conversations as a woman that, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to talk about this. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, of course, you, you feel that, that sometimes men will, will judge you in a way or, or, or I don't know, um, sexualize you yeah. in a way. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm also really someone who dares to talk. <laughs> so I, I really, yeah, I grew up with a lot of boys around me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, actually, it's very late that I started realizing this position of women. Actually, mm -hmm. when I was working at a bar as a student, that's when I really got like slapped yeah, in the yeah. face of you are a woman and you will be sexualized and all these things. Totally not really in the music industry. And then, of course, you recognize it mm -hmm. when you're a DJ or... But then I think it's so important and I see more and more women also DJing and more and more women in music. And I mean, women have always been in music. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, we just need to, just like the, the, 
the 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 topic about racism and I, everything is interconnected anyway yeah. so it's very important that we also talk about all these minorities or groups that are discriminated at the same time and try to find solutions for those groups that are i mean black women are the most mm -hmm. fragile in this society and, and black trans people uh, even more so yeah. i think we uh, unless these people get respected and valued as everyone else i think there will always be work to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I meant as well, that it's a, an, an ever-evolving mm. process because say tomorrow I wake up and racism against black people is solved, hooray, but then we also have women's rights to still fight yeah, for. Yeah. We also have, uh, as you say, trans people to, to fight for uh, LTGB community mm. um, and all indigenous that. People. Indigenous people. I mean, people. for me, it's also yeah. very important, like indigenous knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, nature, protection of nature. All mm -hmm. these things are so connected for me. Uh, and like in during this corona period it only became clearer yeah. for me that all, all these things are so connected you know yeah i think for a lot of people myself included the being home secluded and being in your in your head a lot mm -hmm. uh really put like a mirror in front of you and and then you started realizing oh this is what's happening mm -hmm. this is how the wor world Wor really works yeah, yeah. <laughs> how the world really works um and and yeah and especially coming back to music that as you were saying, music is more than just I want to go out and party. So we've we've come full circle. <laughs> uh, music is a social thing. It's a it's a very uh, without certain uh, cultures of people, a certain genre would not have existed without mm. this and that. And and yeah, it's a reflection of our of our world and our our heads and our emotions. For me, it's really a reflection. And it, it sorry, <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> it, it influences like music uh, influences culture and and the other and language and everything uh influences each other you know like mm -hmm. society influences music and music influences society also so um i mean yeah i think interconnected things um yeah it's also something that i learned with the years uh -huh. that nothing is an island basically <laughs> no true even though it does feel like sometimes certain uh let's say genres or, or the clicks around it feel like an island mm -hmm. even then there's always a, a common denominator between the different things and and that's what makes it interesting that's why i also like talking to people who are from very different uh backgrounds of music mm -hmm. than i am because you always feel a certain uh connection like now mm -hmm. <laughs> oh uh there's a lot of uh the music we listen to is very uh Reggae and dancehall inspired, even though we both did not like it at some point, <laughs> and you are very into it now, and I'm, I'm like, okay, that's that's fine, and th that's a very interesting way of of looking at things because then you also, it, it might sound like a, a bit hippie or something, but it, it is like we are just people, yeah, and yeah. and we like things, and it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The music thing is really what connects everyone. Mm. If you work in the music industry or if you're just a, a casual listener. Um, the way you perceive things, we all perceive the same thing in a different way, and mm. that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. For me, also, music learned me so much about mm -hmm. politics. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, it's really through music that I get interested about topics. Like when I started listening to reggae, that's really when this, when I started uh, doing a lot of research about decolonial thought and, and critical thinking and all these things and, and, and the Afro-American struggle in, in the 60s um, because in reggae they talk about this yeah. <laughs> and you hear names and you hear you hear things and you start researching it and it's really nourishing and it really learned me a lot and then hip-hop the same I mean this whole music uh, genres that have this political uh, struggle behind it can also be so such a way of educating educating people you mm -hmm. know and it's for me it's so absurd this thing these things that happen at pickle pop of people listening to kendrick lamar but then being racist i mean for me yeah. it's just i don't understand this no. and it really shows how sick our society is and how people just consume things mm -hmm. without ever questioning what they are consuming mm -hmm. and for me it's the same with house and techno clubs you know i had the luck of having friends who who produce house and techno and really showing me where it comes from and the Detroit scene and that it also comes from this black community mm -hmm. fighting for, for, for economical reasons, for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I can really not understand how you can love a genre and not do the research about it. I think, I think the difference maybe now, um, as opposed to 10, 20 years ago, or even longer before that, is that um, with streaming and the way uh, music is, is prepared now, the music is way shorter again, mm -hmm. uh, things go really fast. Yeah. A, a song has a shelf life of a month if you're lucky sometimes. So people consume things very, very fast mm -hmm. and they don't, care about no, going true. back at to a certain point i think i don't want to overgeneralize because i i know uh kids that are like seven years younger than me that know a lot about music from the 90s or the 80s because their parents mm -hmm. gave them that and then they they uh, had the ethos of delving into it but if you're from a general wide family that is like oh we'll put on the radio in the background but we, d we don't collect records mm. or we don't have this then music is just uh, um entertainment just entertainment <laughs> yeah. and and that's what i've also noticed a lot during uh the corona period is that people took art music uh performance art everything for granted mm -hmm. they were like oh if you can't make money of it yeah, then yeah. it's not worth <laughs> uh, then it's not worth pushing or, or putting money into it but that's that's such a weird way of of looking at art because it as you said it influences society on so many different mm -hmm. levels and it's, it's a conversation i had with someone uh from my family where i was like oh um as a, as a music producer i'm having a very hard time uh like during the beginning of corona getting money because all of my shows are canceled all of the the placements i had working mm -hmm. for other people are canceled yeah, yeah, um i'm fine now but, <laughs> but in the beginning i was that was, uh, in the beginning that was that was a worry uh thing but then they were like yeah but just get a real job and and then i said like okay but this is a real job because if i don't make this music anymore and everyone stops doing that then <laughs> you are won't you won't have music you won't have music but you your movies will also not have music and then your movies will not get made and then you won't have tv and then you won't have this and they were just looking at me like no you're crazy and i'm like no it's it's that little thing that I do has so much influence on what other people do mm -hmm. and, and how that spreads. And I feel that in our society and in, in the way our community works is that people just take that for granted. Mm -hmm. And it just got worse with the way streaming is now. Even though I love streaming and I've, I've uh, discovered a lot through the internet, it also had that negative effect. For sure. And I, I also really have to push myself to listen to a whole album. Mm -hmm. Like really, I really have to tell myself, now you're gonna listen to this whole <laughs> album because I also realize that also in my job as a programmer, mm -hmm. you get you get a, you get an offer of a band and you just like scroll through it, but you don't take the time to listen to the whole thing. And it really, it shocks me because, yeah, it scares me a bit because it's not a good way to, to, to analyze art, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, art takes time and it takes patience and it takes, an analytic way of looking at it and thinking about it and i think like this is so interesting to have this talk mm -hmm. and we, i think we would we could talk for hours oh definitely <laughs> for me like analyzing what you do and analyzing your society is the only way that we could all move forward mm -hmm. um for me ignorance is not acceptable mm -hmm. <laughs> like like you said for me if you listen to something that and you like it you have to do some research or you yeah. have to you have to i mean I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's the way my parents educated me because my sisters also have this, this thing about, about reading and really informing themselves about things and, and going deep about things. Um, and I think we all need that at this point in society also to take time to, to really, yeah, uh, analyze things and, and, and like consciously move to mm -hmm. a better direction if it is for art or for... for mm -hmm for racism, feminism, all these things. Um, yeah, we really need to be more conscious about everything, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that we can only benefit from it as a society mm -hmm. or as a as the human race um, <laughs> to just be more conscious and, and be more mindful about the things around us and our society. I think that's the only thing that I personally ask of what's happening right now and, and what I hope keeps happening for a long time until at some point hopefully it gets solved or, or, or betters um, is that just people are mindful of what happens around them be it in music or just be it in if you see someone uh, if you see a woman get harassed say something speak mm -hmm. up speaking up is a very um, important thing to do mm -hmm. and not keep quiet and be it in your music or in your social media mm -hmm. or in, in your actual person um, so yeah I think it will just benefit as a, as a society mm -hmm. at yeah all. for sure and I think uh, like 
for a long time I, I didn't really feel like I, I wasn't really busy with my identity as as Kosovar for mm -hmm. example and uh, and it's only maybe it's the same as reggae like getting older and <laughs> accepting this slowness and maybe also listening to reggae mm -hmm. made me realize that it's important for me to know where I come from and then it's at that point that I, uh, that I actually started noticing how uh, like discrimination here mm -hmm. or the small things that people tell you like ah oh, your Dutch is so good and I'm mm -hmm. like yeah I mean I, I arrived here and I was three uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> my Dutch is good my French is good my English is good yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and then It's just all these small things that make me, yeah, just aware of the fact that we still have a lot of mentalities to change and people really need to start listening because in Belgium, I mean, what what shocks me the most is that everybody says that racism doesn't exist here. Mm -hmm. And so ignoring a big problem is really the problem here mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because it doesn't open the the table for discussion. I mean, if you... If you invite urbanists to talk about racism then yeah. it's for me it's a it's a big big problem but yeah. now we're going to another di not really music direction but i mean yeah i mean it's still part of music <laughs> it's uh, i hope we're not straying too far uh, no but i think that's a very it's a parallel with music as you were saying it, it the way people think music influences people a lot as well how can you listen to a kendrick lamar without being aware of black struggle yeah, because he made an entire album about yeah, yeah. it and stuff like yeah, that he uses also music from he uses so much influences from the 60s from, mm -hmm. from i mean in his music and you have to know that yeah <laughs> i mean you, you have to do read an article about what kendrick lamar does and mm -hmm. And if you don't agree, then don't go to the fucking concert, you know? The, the, the last thing I will say about this specific topic, because <laughs> I think we could really talk for the entire <laughs> evening about this. Uh, but what I always found interesting, and as, as well with getting older, is I started to notice that if you listen to music from the 70s and like specific black music mm -hmm. or specific general more poppy white music, that really tells history in two very different mm -hmm. ways and that is something that i find very interesting and also see happening now uh, more less or, or different because of the internet and stuff mm -hmm. but especially back then black records that never charted if you listen to them they're like talking about their struggle yeah, yeah, and then the way they and i think people back then just didn't realize because that never got played on the radio mm -hmm. and the radio was the only medium at that point to get your music out now whereas now you have the internet so you get uh, connected to it more easily and i think that's the reason why people feel that racism also doesn't exist here because you're more connected to everything and oh i have a black neighbor or yeah. oh i go to the chinese place once in a while or i listen to um j cole's album or, or stuff like that uh but it's it's it is not it's it's obviously still no there. and that's also the big mistake is that people always personalize it and mm -hmm. it's not about you and your friends it's about the system exactly. <laughs> you know and if people have been mu making music about this for i mean not even the, even before the 60s always mm -hmm. basically yeah, yeah then it means that It's a structural problem i mean that is a, a good historical proof that it's a it's a problem that is has been going on for a long time and yeah i think um yeah i think the, the 60s and 70s really even today for me it's so important that youngsters for example who go to the who went to the black lives matter manifestation mm -hmm. that they really go back to those years mm -hmm. and to er Afro-American culture and to see what did the Black Panthers do, who were the musicians who played at those events, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think for me it it's really something very strong that we have to use also in this struggle today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a lot of young voices now that also uh, push that ethos mm -hmm. of back then uh, forward. Today. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> very loaded conversation this but um, i'm very happy to have talked about that because yeah. it's very important and um, i hope the listeners also uh yeah and it's really something i want to do in my work i think mm -hmm. so uh, so this is very a very important, important talk yeah. to have right now <laughs> no uh, thank you for your opinions about that i, I have one more and it's a very different question <laughs> uh, but just to like end on a light note um a, a recurring segment we have in the show is uh We ask our guests to describe their musical taste uh, on, uh, by comparing it to a dish or a course of dishes. So if your musical taste would be, like if, you, if you'd go to a restaurant, what would your musical dish, uh, your musical taste be oh my God. as a dish? Which is Wow. 
<laughs> and that is what I want to end on. So take your time. <laughs> Whoa. It can be more、I'm、than one thing. I'm thinking about Caribbean, a mix of Caribbean and Albanian food, but yeah, no, no, <laughs> because we make a lot of stuff with dough, like burek. You know, it's、mm-hmm. like Turkish stuff. But then there would be plantains in there, I think. As well. <laughs> <laughs>、um, yeah, but so we make our dough like ourselves. So、yeah. it's very important to make it yourself. And then in the middle we put spinach or our、mm-hmm. cheese or our meat. But I think then it would be like. Maybe plantains in the middle. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just yeah. That sounds tasty. <laughs> maybe we should make that. Yeah,、uh, maybe we should make every dish that. Yeah, I mean, I mean,、um, when we had、uh, DTM Funk, he said that is <laughs> that his sets were、uh, very spicy <laughs> and、uh, with a lot of different things and. I know because because he's invited me to dinner、yeah. a, a lot of times. But he said I like making tajin a lot. That same way, it's very spicy and there's a lot of different things in there. So, <laughs> so his musical sets and, and taste would be a tajin, <laughs> a DTM tajin.、Uh, no, so、uh, a, a burek, burek, burek、yeah. with plantain.、Yeah. Uh, Rita, thank you very much for this conversation. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, me、um, too. It was very interesting. And、uh, is there anything else you want to add?、Uh, Stuff that you're doing right now, because I know you're doing the summer bar. Yeah, so we at VK we are doing,、um, I mean, Reciclar and VK together because、mm-hmm. we are sharing a space right now because VK is doing renovations.、Mm-hmm. Um, so we are actually doing a whole festival during whole summer, and we do movies and、uh, DJ sets on Wednesdays. Reciclar does Thursdays and Fridays a lot of different stuff,、uh, concerts, performances, and Vega again Saturdays.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, every time from five till midnight,、um, everybody's welcome. There's food, drinks, and it's called Manchester Plage. If you want to、um, search it on the net, because the street is called Manchester Strat, and we're next to the canal. So we thought, yeah, we need to make like a a summer uh, <laughs> summer uh, beach. Manchester、so. Plage sounds perfect. <laughs> okay,、uh, Rita Shadi. Yeah.、Uh, thank you for being here. <laughs> Look、you. her up. Go, if you're in Brussels, go to the VK sometime.、Uh, hopefully, there's a concert with、uh, food and stuff there. <laughs> I'll definitely be there then. And、uh, yes, see you next time or hear you next time, rather. Thanks for the invitation, guys. No problem. <laughs> thank you. Ciao. Bye.